<laughs> right, that was in the Sorry. 10 seconds, Amy. You and your heavy breathing. <laughs> I just hear myself breathing. I don't realise how heavy I breathe until recently. It's actually awful. Should we do that again? Yeah. Okay. Hello and welcome to another episode of No Worries If Not, the PR podcast where we speak to journalists about the PR pitches they love and loathe and get to the bottom of how PR people like us can get their stories covered. We're your hosts, I'm Rhiannon Evans-Young and I'm Amy Mace and we work at Crest, a PR agency working with startups, innovators and VCs. Our guest today earned her stripes in regional news with roles at the Northern Echo before working her way up to her current role at Insider, where she covers European startups, venture capital and increasingly climate tech and sustainability. Tasmin Lockwood, technology reporter Insider, welcome! (laughs) Thanks so much for having me, Bo. Why don't we start by you telling our listeners a little bit about your role at Insider, what do you do, what do you cover? Yeah, I guess you've just kind of mentioned it in a nutshell, really. Um, So I cover tech startups and venture capital at Insider, formerly Business Insider. I am increasingly covering climate tech (laughs) and sustainability. (laughs) Um, I also have a little bit of a focus on like Amazon aggregators and um, I'm very keen to grow our Spain ecosystem coverage as well. Oh, that's interesting. What's prompted that? Is that a particular interest of yours or of the publication? So a little bit of both, really. Um, We were digging through our data as we do Um, (laughs) and we just noticed that um, some of my readers were based in Spain which was a quirk that we had not anticipated Um, so we are just like interested in growing out that um, readership more and obviously with that comes um, Spanish startups. That's so interesting and also interesting that you're looking at the data and mapping your sort of editorial priorities accordingly as opposed to kind of the other way around which is obviously how we're saying it. we're like oh what the what are the journalists writing about like we'll ta- we'll tailor our <laughs> stories accordingly and the team's grown quite a lot hasn't it recently at insider because i feel like there's a lot of hiring going on both in the uk and the states how much of kind of what you cover is led by where you are geographically and yeah by like the size of the teams yeah so um there has been a lot of growth but you know we are also trying to grow sustainably in my team there's just a handful of us and we are actually the only team in the UK office that actually covers Europe everybody else in the UK um, office caters to like an American audience so geographically I guess it is like somewhat limited for us but like it's so great to be on the ground in Europe and be able to like cover this ecosystem and you said you're doing a lot more climate tech and some really, really awesome reporting on that topic. Is that something you've consciously tried to do more of? Or again, has that been kind of led by your editors? They want to see you doing more of that. Mm -hmm. Well, I care very deeply about like the climate crisis and every sort of geopolitical, like sociological like issues that come with that. So like resource scarcity, extreme weather, biodiversity loss, global inequality and like food insecurity as well. I am very much in my heart. An insider is really open to letting reporters cover what they really care about. So I've been able to develop this beat. But I think it goes without saying that like insider just like most publications, recognise that this is an area that needs coverage. Yeah, so just stepping back a bit, what does sort of a typical day look like for you? Sort of what time do you get in? When are the editorial meetings? Kind of when are you busiest? Or is every week just completely different? Yeah, I really don't have a lot of insight for you here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was trying to think about this and it is so... I don't want to say unstructured because that 
probably sounds bad but I am dynamic yeah (laughs) yeah I mean so we work like nine to five but you know if there's stories that we want done like I know I am happy to sort of put my head down and and work until it's done so every day before like 9 30 we tell our editors sort of what we're doing for the day but this is really subject to change if something else comes up that's more like time sensitive every week on like Monday afternoons the startups team has like a meeting just kind of discussing what we're working on for the week as well but again like this isn't really a strict outline how much of your day or week is interrupted by sort of breaking news in startups or do you tend to have like do you can you kind of plan ahead quite a lot in terms of the things that you want to be writing yeah so for us we work behind a paywall so we're not really like tied to the same news cycle as um, other reporters may be so we plan ahead quite a lot Um, we mostly work I suppose by like funding news like embargoes and that sort of thing when it comes to specific time frames and on the embargoes point how often in advance do you like to get your embargoes and, and how important are exclusives to you as well obviously working behind a paywall we need to be able to offer our readers something different that other publications don't have so exclusives are obviously great but if the exclusive was already given to someone else or the startup just didn't want to sort of go down that route we would ask for a sort of exclusive content so we do this via like pitch decks that startups have used to raise the cash and when new funds launch as well we also ask for the LP deck if they're not willing to give the exclusive and then timeline wise it's just good to have things like a few days before obviously excluding weekends and that's just because we always conduct our own interviews so we need time to do that and obviously founders are busy when they're gearing up to announce a funding round and then obviously we'd write the story and then it needs to go to my editor and ideally they would have like a day so it's like a judgment call really but I'd say like three days is quite useful um so how many stories are you writing each week do you have like a rough figure in your head that you're trying to get through no (laughs) (laughs) I I, honestly like I said this is not very helpful um but we are quite like ad hoc like genuinely like if there are a million stories that we think are really newsworthy and we really want to cover then we'll probably try our best to I am and a slow week is a slow week like we can't just conjure news out of thin air you know I am and then especially when there is like a slower period we will be working on more longer form stuff which naturally just take longer to pull together so some weeks we'll publish like one or two stories and then the next week we could publish 10 yeah yeah and where are you getting your stories from like how much is stuff coming inbound to you how much is you going out looking for stuff yeah I mean it's probably a healthy mix of both I really rate like contact from PRs who um kind of put their clients forward and say like these are the like trends they're seeing or these are the topics they want to talk about um because that might like marry up with something that I've been like hearing from other people and we could sort of snowball that into a feature Uh, or like a trends piece so there's definitely some of that going on then obviously like funding news as well um tends to come through inbound pitches or like the founders themselves that we've already got like relationships with would sort of flag it but then there's also like a lot of networking (laughs) (laughs) so there's a lot of going out and like speaking to people on the ground asking just general questions like what's going on what's going on in your portfolio um you know what are the trends the industry is like concerned about right now or just watching 
And then also there's a lot of looking through previous stories and maybe just asking follow-up questions yeah. like did that startup do what they said they wanted to do has that startup entered that market just being like super inquisitive no matter where you are or what you're doing is always news gathering at the end of the day so would you recommend generally that when PRs are pitching you they should practice patience because ultimately they could send you a great pitch it might take a little while but it could turn into something really good in a few months a hundred percent yeah yeah um because a lot of the time it's like a bandwidth issue as well so what does your inbox look like typically are you inundated every day with sort of hundreds of pitches do you read everything is it manageable what's the current state of the union there yeah isn't that a question (laughs) (laughs) um I get a lot of emails I am and when I first started at Insider I was like I will read everything and I will get back to everyone because everyone is just a human being and they're doing their jobs you know but actually that's a massive time suck yeah. and it would be so helpful if everyone just kind of like did their research before sort of reaching out to other people like the amount of emails that I get that are just like clearly blast emails mm. but if there's a pitch that genuinely like is a pitch that I know someone has like written for me but maybe it's not quite right or maybe it fits like a colleague better I'll definitely like reply and either say like no or contact this person or kind of just forward it on to the right colleague as well who would hopefully get back in touch so what is it about an email that lands in your inbox that will get a response from you what are you looking for what every journalist is looking for an interesting story right so um if the founder has like a compelling background why the reader should care really like why does this matter so I've always been interested in like the intersection between like tech and society which is kind of what drove me to journalism and also climate tech Mm. so if you can tell me why society should care about this story or um why businesses should care then that would jump out to me I guess like obviously if it's interesting you know that the rule of thumb is like tell it to me like you would tell your friend in the pub Mm. and I feel like insider kind of has has quite a specific niche or at least like it's kind of created its own niche in terms of the stuff that it covers and its geographical spread, who would you say is your biggest competitor in the media space? Um, Well, as you say, Insider has created its own niche, so I'm not (laughs) sure if we have any competitors. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of publications out there that cover, like, tech startups and venture capital. But um, one thing um, I always say is, like, Insider doesn't just cover tech startups and venture capital. Like, we're not, like, a grassroots kind of... um, outlet at all we are part of a much larger we are part of a much larger media organization but we really do sit in between categories I think because we are a lot more like playful and informal I guess than some of the broadsheets you might read but we're definitely like a lot more serious than others as well and how do you feel about who gets in touch with you does it make a difference if a PR gets in touch versus the CEO of a company do you tend to get what you need quicker out of one versus the other? Or again, is it just completely dependent on the strengths of that opening gambit? Yeah, it definitely depends on the situation. Um, I totally appreciate the role of PRs, especially when like a founder is not media savvy or they might be really like charismatic and lovely, but they also might be not great at replying to texts 
or they might not get how the media work so it totally depends on the situation and on the people you know obviously like building relationships first hand with founders is really important as well I just think for everyone's sake we're able to tell stories a lot better when we really understand the person and their motivations and I personally love color and anecdotes so you only really get that by like speaking to founders directly and like I said, I totally appreciate the role PRs have to play in this whole like media operation. But sometimes it just sounds like comments have been sort of like checked too many times mm. and it's just sort of robotic more than anything. Yeah, they become sort of overly sanitized. And mm-hmm. actually sometimes that's the client doing it. We'll send something like quite punchy and they'll like take all the heart out of it. And we're like, well, there's no point. <laughs> so sometimes it's the other way around. But yeah, so often particularly, I think. I mean, no shade, but big agencies kind of de-risk everything to the point of making it meaningless, Mm. which I think when you're working with startups and you don't have like the brand credibility of saying it's a comment from Coke or Mm -hmm. Lego or whoever, like what big brand you like, it has to crack through because the name on its own won't. To be fair though, as a startup founder, you must be terrified of saying the wrong thing. (laughs) Of course you would want to like sanitize your comments at Mm. a certain point in your journey, you know? Yeah, very exposing. They and we, as the PR, are ultimately out of control of the end product, which is as it should be. But that does make people feel very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But I also think that the response to doing media is very gendered, like our female clients. And we're really lucky to have a lot of them are much, much more nervous about media interactions because they're really conscious of getting it right and Mm -hmm. not being perceived in the wrong way which I think is just you know the patriarchy at work right (laughs) and probably a hallmark of like having gone through the VC funding process and feeling very aware of their gender in that dynamic and men just sort of bowl in and think everything's going to be fine so we (laughs) normally need to like pull them back a bit and make sure they are doing the prep Mm -hmm. and give women a bit of a boost to be like you're going to be great because you're taking it so seriously yeah I think it's important for journalists to really create a positive and like open environment as well and totally acknowledge that those things exist and like a lot of women really do suffer from imposter syndrome so it's nice to be in the same room as a really powerful like female founder and just let her have her say as well yeah exactly and also because like the best pieces come from when there's been a rapport between the journalist and the subject right so if you're like I find this person very inspiring like it's (laughs) gonna come through in your content as opposed to like oh they seem really arrogant again that's the tone of that is going to be sort of reflected in your piece Mm -hmm. so and is diversity something that you take quite seriously in terms of your pieces are you looking to get a good balance of men versus women and kind of diverse founders from different backgrounds as well Absolutely. So um, I care about this a lot and have done a lot of coverage around sort of like female founders and diversity within VC as well. And diversity of sources is actually such a good point. The amount of times I've looked at something that I'm working on and I was like, oh, I've got a white man in this. Like I desperately need to find like other people. Those voices are so important to have in there and it's it's so valuable to have different like perspectives and those people have not been able to speak out for such a long time that I really want to facilitate that for sure. And what are some bugbears that PRs keep doing that you can use this as an opportunity to say stop? (laughs) (laughs) Please stop putting RE in subjects of emails when they're not replies. Oh, what, to make you think that it's like a chain? Well, I can't speak for anyone's motivation, but... That's so That's unbelievable. (laughs) Honestly... (laughs) I as I was saying earlier like I totally appreciate that everyone is just here to do their own job but yeah (laughs) that's just one of those things that I've noticed um happens (laughs) otherwise 
I don't really have any big like bugbearers to be honest. Are you quite open to having PRs kind of approach you and say like I'm working with a, quite a few cool startups do you want to meet for coffee like do you have time to do stuff like that as well? Absolutely yeah really open to that. And are there any kind of key opportunities sort of beyond your general coverage so for example newsletters podcasts other things that PRs should be aware of that they could pitch at Insider? Yeah I mean we do all of the above but a lot of that comes out of the states just because that's where we're mainly based. If you had something in mind it's definitely worth sort of reaching out to whoever you know Insider and then we can always check who would be most relevant and sort of pass you along. I guess the one thing to bear in mind there is that there would obviously be a time difference. And do you guys feel a bit cocooned in your kind of your tech team or how much like cross-pollination is there between your unit and the wider sort of insider machine or is it quite sort of self-contained? We are actually like a highly collaborative sort of newsroom. I mean we're not working on anything with other desks right now that I'm aware of but we have done so in the past for example like Amazon aggregator coverage I've worked um, a lot with the retail team in the US on um, sorts of trend pieces and like future outlook pieces around that space I know that my colleague Callum has worked quite extensively with the US startup team as well. I'm sort of looking at big startups that have a presence in both locations, things like that. So we're always open to collaboration. Yeah, and I guess it means you can tap into like existing pools of knowledge. So Mm -hmm. you're not having to start from scratch on every story. You can be like, oh, that person already knows loads about Amazon. Let's tap into that. Absolutely, yeah. Is it time for the quick? questions it is you're gonna love this (laughs) the best bit of the podcast in my opinion we have some quick fire questions don't freak out i'm already freaking out (laughs) can you not see it (laughs) okay are you ready no (laughs) google meets or zoom google meets digital or print digital embargo or exclusive Oh, that's really hard. <laughs> I mean, exclusive, obviously, otherwise you get the embargo as well. I mean, you get the yeah, embargo as well. <laughs> Makes sense. Email or phone? Ah, this is so much more nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> so email, but if we've built up like a rapport, then I would give you my phone. And if you want to chase something on WhatsApp or whatever, then like, please do. <laughs> cool. News or features? Um, I really rate features. Twitter or LinkedIn? Twitter. I mean, phone. not anymore, sorry. <laughs> for yeah. now. LinkedIn. Caveat. <laughs> Dictaphone or iPhone? Uh, well, Android phone. But, uh, <laughs> sorry. Dictaphone or OnePlus phone? <laughs> read or delete? Read or delete? What is this? Do you read all your emails and then delete them or do you just delete them? Oh, delete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> Broadcast or podcast? Podcast. Pitch or press release? Pitch. In-house or agency? Agency. <laughs> <laughs> agency PR. <laughs> Correct. Office or remote? Office. That's it. Oh. You survived. <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really interesting to hear about what you're focusing on, how your newsroom works, and stuff that you don't like getting. So everyone do your research, 
get your names right, pitch good stories. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for your time. You added the names thing, by the way. I know, I didn't say that. <laughs> As somebody <laughs> whose name gets spelled wrong all the time, I imagine it's an issue. <laughs> you know that I'm getting those emails saying Tamsin, right? Tamsin. <laughs> but then to be fair, and we've discussed this before, I also sometimes spell my own name wrong on emails. <laughs> I think I must do that sometimes as well. And then I get like annoyed when my name's not spelled right. But <laughs> I probably have spelled it wrong myself. Yeah. Whenever I send an email and I've spelled someone's name wrong, I realise because I feel it so deeply. Mm. I'll immediately probably be like, oh my gosh, I'm so it's sorry. Like, isn't I get it? it, I get it. You have to trust me that I get it. Like, it was a mistake. <laughs> so, yeah, if I ever do that, you can, you can I don't know, take 10 points from Gryffindor because I, I should know better. Are you Gryffindor? Mm. Probably not, let's be honest. I'm a, I'm a Ravenclaw. <laughs> what a bald admission. <laughs> not, I'm definitely not brave enough to be in Gryffindor. I'm actually rereading all the Harry Potters at the moment. Are you? It's so joyful. They are great and I love how they grow up with yeah. you. Like you can imagine being sort of like 11 and reading the first one and then yeah. by the time you were like in sixth form, yeah. they're all in sixth form and they're like grown up. Yeah, great. exactly that. I'm like going to be honest, I have not read them. <gasps> I know, scandal. I shouldn't have said that. I'll lend you. I'll, I'll just finish the first one again. I'll lend it to you. I'll start the post. <laughs> I actually have them all. I am like on my Kindle though, but I just think I've come too far in like the movie series to really appreciate the books. But there's so much detail in the books that you don't get. Yeah, but I'm always going to imagine those actors. Yeah, and, yeah that's you know, true. You do. That's a thing. Yeah, you do. That's like who they are now. Mm-hmm. But. I, I mean, I'd say it's never too late mm-hmm. for Harry Potter. Very fair, very fair. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what all our listeners have in here. <laughs> okay, we can go <laughs> Thank you so much once again for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to find out more about myself and Rhiannon, all the work that we do at Crest, head to our website www.hellocrest.com or you can search for us on LinkedIn or Twitter. Stay tuned for more episodes from us featuring conversations with some of the most exciting names in UK and European journalism. See you soon.